Well, can I add my welcome to that of Kay's and say how good it is to be together in this virtual space. Um, and do feel free to interact with us in the chat function across um, the service together this morning. Uh, Kay's prayed that we might hear the voice of God speak to our hearts and minds this Advent Sunday, this great season of hope where we await with eager expectation the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in the form of a baby in Bethlehem. It's a season packed to the rafters with hope and expectation. So I wanted to invite you this morning, if, if you'd like to, to place in the chat function on whichever platform you're watching, what you're hoping for at the moment. And Kay's going to be watching uh, those comments off screen and uh, might share them with us a bit later. So what are you hoping for in this season of Advent? We'll come back to that um, in a little while. You've got time. I'm, I'm a dad. Most of you watching this will know that I'm a dad of two children, Izzy, five, and Henry, who's two. And I remember um, almost the, the senses, all the senses of waiting for their birth. And I certainly remember, uh, because I was privileged to be with Sarah um, at the, at the um, delivery of my two children, uh, what that was like. And I remember um, acutely that sense of waiting in eager anticipation for the arrival of, of, of my children. Especially, I, I remember with my daughter Izzy, um, who, was our first, who was our first child. I, I remember the, the period before it of waiting, you know, trying to lay aside work and focus in on Izzy's arrival. They were times of desire, that, that glorious moment when Izzy would be safely delivered, would come. They were times of anticipating what the future, the very changed and different future, uh, would look like with young children. They were times of eager expectation and longing for that moment to come. And it's not a bad analogy to start with on this Advent Sunday as we uh, try and put ourselves into the mind of Mary, the mother of God, and uh, a, a teenage mother who was eager with anticipation that the promise God had given her through the angels would now come to fruition and she would give birth to the Christ child. And we often concentrate, don't we, at Christmas on, on the birth, and, and rightly so, but in these few weeks leading up to Advent, perhaps we could, we could join uh, with Mary in the expectation, the, the anticipation of what's to come. Uh, the anticipation not just of their first child, but the anticipation of what God would do through the birth of this very special child, even Jesus Christ, our Lord so that's what Mary is hoping for as we think about this stage of our journey through the Christian year. But let me ask the question again, what are you hoping for at this time? Is your hoping joyful? Is your hoping tinged 
with sadness. I wonder if you feel able to to comment uh, with those in, in the chat function. We'll come back to them again, as I say, a bit later on. Hope is hardwired into us as human beings. Hope is something that we need just as much as we need food and water and clothes um, to look after our physical body. So we need hope to look after our minds. And when we don't hope, very quickly we find despair, anxiety, depression, withdrawal coming in. None of those things in and of themselves are bad. They're the result of complex circumstances that lead us into a dark season of life. And the important thing for you to know is that there are many people you can reach out uh, to get help from. But we are hardwired as human beings to search for sources of hope. Uh, And hope anticipates a future that's better than the present. It's difficult this season to be very hopeful. We've had a difficult year and I'm very aware that many of those watching this will have had a far harder year than than I and others have had. People have known loss as the result of coronavirus, either directly because of coronavirus or because of its knock-on effects on the treatment of other conditions during the pandemic. People will have known isolation, where once they would have gone to meet up with friends or, or, or activities that they were once a part of. So people have become isolated during this period. And perhaps one of the things that you're hoping for is that deep longing as social creatures to, to be back amongst other people, to be back doing the, the quote-unquote normal things of life. And it's also difficult to hope, not just because of what's been, but because of the uncertainty over what is. Will we be able to travel well at Christmas and see people? And if we do travel at Christmas, what will our Januaries look like? There's a great deal of uncertainty and and that um, impacts our sense of hopefulness at this time. But you and I are wired to be people of hope. In the very way God fashioned us, we were created to be people who have hope in our lives. We might not always be aware of that sense of hopefulness, but we were created with hope hardwired into us. Let me just repeat my point because I want you to take this away with you. Hope anticipates a future that's better than the present. And we all need hope in our lives. The Bible has quite a lot to say about hope. And that's good because it it helps us understand how, how we take hope beyond a warm, fuzzy feeling and make it into a hard reality that we can apply to our lives, whatever life is throwing us at the time. And there are two Hebrew words in the Old Testament for hope, which are are really helpful. Um, So here's your Hebrew class for this Sunday. The first is yakal, 
And that means the hope which is to wait for something. And I'm sure you're beginning in your mind to make connections with words like yakal, meaning to wait for something, and the season that we're in now of Advent, where we eagerly anticipate the birth of Christ. And the second word is kavar, which means the tension and the expectation we find as we wait for that yakal, that, that something to happen, that sense of um, eager, um, whole body expectation of something um, that's ahead of us. So uh, yakal and kavar. But the, the key question here is, is what are we waiting for? What are we hoping? What are we yakaling for today? So let's just pause for a moment and see if there's been anything in the chat. Kate's just going to be behind the camera and is going to read out what you're hoping for. Um, yes, Ellen has written and said that she's hoping for everyone, that especially those who are vulnerable, that they might, uh, that might be feeling isolated, that they, during this time, find a way of safely connecting with family, friends and with neighbours. Thank you, Kate. And hardwired into to that is that sense of anticipating a future for people who feel vulnerable, people who feel distanced, that's better than the present. But there's something in the Bible which teaches us about a biblical hope which is actually distinctive from our worldly hope. So uh, my wife might say, you know, I hope you don't get stuck talking to people while you're going out to buy a pint of milk. And what's behind that is the fact that there's no certainty over my not talking to people as I go out to buy a pint of milk. And what's behind that is the reality of my long-suffering wife, that when I'm sent out quickly to the shops because of the job I do, I often encounter people on the way, and I stop and I chat to them. And so a five-minute or ten-minute journey becomes an hour's outing. But do you, hear the, do you hear the sense of hope there? It's a wish. It's, it's an aspiration. I, you know, my wife is actually saying, I hope you don't stop and talk to five different people on the way to getting the pint of milk because I just want you to go out, get the milk, and come back. That's what that hopefulness is talking about. But the hopefulness of the Bible is, is slightly different. In Psalm 42 and verse 5, King David is talking and he's saying, Why are you so downcast, my soul? Why are you so disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I will yet give him thanks. And David puts his finger on the biblical definition of hope in that one verse, Psalm 42, 5, if you want to look it up. Hope in God. Christian hope doesn't deny the reality of our present circumstances, but invites us to trust in God and have the expectation of faith that God will intervene within our present reality. Let me try and say that again. Um, Christian hope doesn't deny the reality of our present circumstances, but trusts in God 
and, and has, has the eager expectation of faith that God will act in our current circumstances. There's something um, almost counterintuitive about this season of Advent. We, we start the season uh, weeks before the celebration of Christmas, and we look ahead to Christmas on the 25th of December, which is still three, four weeks away. And yet we look forward to an event which has already happened, which has already taken place thousands of years ago. Jesus has been born, even this Advent Sunday. Jesus did die on the cross. Jesus absolutely triumphed over death uh, in the resurrection. He ascended into heaven with his Father. And he is now, in this moment, alive. It's quite right and good that we remember and mark these different stages of the journey of Christ through the church's year, which is its very purpose. But if today you're feeling downcast or disturbed like David, if like David you've known troubles and, and hardships in your life, then the biblical view of hope is to say, put your hope not in a future situation over which there might be a degree of uncertainty, but put your hope in the here and now in what we know of Jesus Christ. Because we know through the gospel accounts of Jesus the healer, we know through the gospel accounts of Jesus who stood alongside the marginalised. We know through the gospel accounts of Jesus who took our brokenness onto his shoulders and died on the cross so that we might live a free, a whole life in Christ Jesus. And we know all of that today. And Christian hope, biblical hope, doesn't ask us to deny that coronavirus is real and significant. We mustn't do that because it is. Christian hope doesn't ask us to deny the reality of grief and loss when we're experiencing that because those emotions are very real. Christian hope doesn't ask us to pretend um, for those of us caught up in poverty or oppression that we're not poor or oppressed. But Christian hope invites us to place our hope not in one day being a, a millionaire, not in one day everything being okay, although that is part of Christian hope, but that's for another talk, but invites us to put our hope in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the one who was the same yesterday, today, and will be the same tomorrow. And what David and so many other prophets and writers in the Bible tell us is that by placing their hope in God and in Jesus Christ, the revelation of God, we can have an unswerving hope because our hope isn't in all being well. Our hope is in the God who we trust in faith will make all things well. Let's pause and pray. Father God, we commend to your keeping 
all those who are listening to this talk and are holding out hope for a better future. And we pray that you would give us the gift of faith so that deep within our very souls we would know that which David knew, hope in God. Help us this day, Father, to hope in your Son, Jesus Christ, and to carry that hope with us throughout today and into tomorrow. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.